On today's episode, we talked about directing a friend's funeral and the duality that comes with that. How to be a professional and also how to be a human and go through your own grief. So listen in. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Dr. Nick, this episode is going to be about directing a friend's funeral and the duality that comes from being a friend and a close loved one and then also being a professional or a director having to serve. You mentioned the word duality. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so this is something that I think I want to humanize a funeral professional because I think it even gets lost when you're even dealing with your own family. For instance, let me let me just put this memory or put this this ex- experience that I had when our grandfather died. That we, we talk about a lot. We got to I, I actually got to watch him take his final breaths. I remember sitting vigil with the rest of my uncles and my mom and dad and and cousins and some of us were in the room. And I remember for a second, I get lost that I was a funeral director. Like I was just there to be this man's grandson and this man's godson that I happen to be. And then it flicked very quickly that, oh crap, this is happening. I have to also be able to direct this situation after it's done, right? So there's this pull of, I want to be the grandson. I want to be the son for my mom who just is dealing with her dad death. But then I also want to be a good funeral director and be able to help my family navigate that and also help my dad, who's dealing with his wife's father's death, his father-in-law's death. But he's also dealing with his funeral directing and we are partners. Therefore, we're both in this duality situation. So in this situation, it's you're adding an extra layer because dad and I are also a part of this together. Um, but I remember doc, when this happened, obviously we don't have to do the death call because we're, 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 we know that it's our grandfather and all that. But I remember you and I literally left the, the nursing home. We went to our grandparents' home. We put on our suits and we literally came back and picked up my grandfather and brought um, him back to the funeral home. Why I bring this up is because this this idea of duality, right? You have to be this professional, but you also are this person's friend or you're this person's loved one, this person's kid or this person's... But the interesting part about that story that I brought up, I remember hugging my aunt and her telling me, I don't, or, don't take my daddy. And I, I thought, how weird is that? Because he's my grandfather. Like, it's weird for you, A, to say that to me. And then it's also weird that I am the grandson having to hear this, but also be a professional. Because I think in that instance, she wasn't looking at me as her nephew. She was looking at me as a funeral director, which painted the picture of 
this is how people see me. Like this is actually raw how people see me. And that was just a very strange, interesting moment. I'm not mad at my aunt. I, I know exactly she was going through her grief and that was just her initial, what came out, right? That's what she said. But I also was like, wow, like it's a lonely place to be now a funeral director that has to direct this, but also be a, a griever. Um, and then when, where do I find time to grieve? I, I can't grieve right now because I have to, I have to do the embalming. I have to get ready. Cause I know there's going to be a lot of preparation because for this individual, we're going to have to have, you know, a two day visitation, a funeral. I want to make sure everything is right. I want the obituary written up and ready for my family. So they, they don't have to deal with a lot of that situation. Um, but also I'm in a suit and staring at a mirror in a bathroom being like, this is my grandfather that I just lost. But also, I'm a funeral director. I'm staring at myself in a suit and a tie, thinking how comical, but also like real it was. And Doc, Nick, and I just lost a good family friend um, recently. And this got brought up again, because I think anytime a funeral director deals with it, they deal with this struggle. because. The old, the old school way would be you have to buckle up and you have to be the one, the one constant in this situation that's going to take care of taking care of business and working overtime. But that's the idea. Like I have to be the one to get the business done, and then I'll grieve when I have time to grieve. Now, more getting into this podcast, Doc, and more talking to you, and more talking to my other colleagues. Why? Why did I have to do that? Why couldn't I have just been like, no, I'm going to take a moment. This was my grandfather. I'm grieving too. I'm going to break down. I'm going to give myself that opportunity. And then when I feel up for it, do my job. But outside, outside the experience, it seems like such an easy thought but when you're in it and you're going through it, especially if you're a, a a veteran funeral director, there are parts that kind of go into auto autopilot. Like you have to do this. This is this is what you were trained to do. This is your profession. People are counting on you. But there's a human side of me now that's like, maybe I missed out on a healthier grieving session or at least grieving process by doing that. Doc, did you did you have a similar experience in that day? Do you remember? Do you remember like having to get suited up with me and then going back? Did you feel the same way? Like, why are we doing this? Is this silly? You know, I, I feel like at that moment in time, I was more in shock than anything else. Um, uh, that was my uh, first experience with watching someone um, die, take their last breath, and it happened to be um, one of the greatest people in my life which made it even more challenging. Um, to be honest with you, I think I was in so much of a, and I would say anybody going through um, grief, at least in the initial stages, I think there's just so many emotions that come up. But I also wonder as a funeral professional, even as a funeral professional, um, when you're dealing with a family member or a very close friend, maybe it is acceptable to show emotion. No, no, I 100% agree with that. but. I, I think the thing that I want to talk about is that 
moment. It's almost like I have to put on I have to put on a face to promote others to go through grieving. Right? Does that does that make well, sense? I, mean, I know that I sounds there's... so screwy, but that's kind of I just remember looking myself in the mirror, like literally in my suit and tie, thinking I'm the and I have a name tag that says, you know, funeral director basically. But also I'm like, but I'm this kid's grandson. Like I you know, in like our friend who died the other day, like it's almost like you know what it is? It's impo- it's a little bit of imposter syndrome too. Because I'm not practicing what I preach sometimes because I'm like, hey, I should be grieving. I should be experiencing this. But maybe looking back on it, subconsciously, I was. But I also think that let's humanize your experience and normalize your experience, too, because you have to get through the next two days because you have to make sure that the family gets everything done. You have to make sure that all the paperwork gets signed. You got to make sure that you know, um, the family member, the friend looks good. You got to do all this stuff on top of your grieving. So maybe a defense mechanism for you or for any funeral director out there um, is by shutting down. Because at least by shutting down, we can make sure that everything's taken care of. Maybe it's, maybe your real grieving starts the minute that you are done with the actual funeral. Yeah. I mean, have you ever well, felt like that? Have, it, well, I mean, again, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm saying that's the, I guess, the 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 weird dynamic of being a funeral professional, right? Is is that as much as you understand how important grief is, you also understand how important the job is. Yeah, but that, but that, right? But but it gives me, honestly, if anything, it puts more empathy and in, in, into our father because the idea is I'm still young by terms of living, I mean, you know, I'm 34. So the older I get, the more I'm going to be bearing friends, the more I'm going to be bearing family members. And the more I deal with this um, situation again and again and again and again and again, it, 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 it's just an, in, it's an interesting, like I said, duality, because there's parts of you that fight this. There's like this internal fight where, like you said, like, I got to get this done. Or this is the biggest honor I can give this person. Or this person would want me to do this for them. But at the same time, as a human, should you give yourself, like, hey, it's okay if you don't have to do that. It's okay if you need to take a breather in the middle of a visitation and cry in front of people. Well, that's. I think you just nailed it. I think everybody, you have to figure out what's right for you. Maybe what's right for you at that situation was to shut off emotion. That's good. I mean, that's, but yet again, that's, and I, I would say it's almost well, first automatic. Of all, first of all, if you're, if we're going to be real honest about this, we should not be judging anything, right? We should not be judging if someone shuts their emotion off. I'm saying me, I'm saying me personally. But you're also, you're starting to judge yourself. You're starting to say, I shouldn't do that. Why shouldn't you? Well, I think the idea is I want to, I want to, I want to think about that. I want to be able to put that out i don't i don't i don't know if it's a right wrong or in, in, indifferent anyways i'm just saying for for i saying you need to you need to process your grief you need to let it out but then also having this situation where maybe there is no answer and maybe and maybe that's just the idea but i, I at least want to talk about it. i want to bring this up because I, I want people to understand that this is also what's going through a funeral professional's head a funeral professional doesn't see death is as just another day on the business all the time it's it's not oh yeah no no and i you know it it, it, 
what you're talking about, this duality, it reminds me of being a therapist, right? You want to be transparent and you want to be you. Because the minute that you start being fake, not only do you know that's going on in the room, but, but they do. They do too, right? So I think as a funeral professional, there's that that that's still going on, right? This idea that you got to be you, whatever's you, right? You know, we, we, we talk about this idea that, you know, maybe we were raised or with this idea that, you know, crying was a bad thing, but maybe that's just who we are is that we don't, we need to make sure everybody else gets through it first. We're the people, you know, they were that old saying, you know, children and uh, uh, women off before the men, right? Maybe that's really, and, and again, that sounds like a very sexist comment, but maybe that's just how we cope. And it's not just women and children. It's everybody. I want to make sure everybody gets through this first. Therefore, I can take the adequate time to grieve. And the, th- yeah. the thing is, the thing is, as long as you're giving yourself that adequate time, it doesn't matter if it if it if you're waiting till after the funeral or a year down the road, just make sure you get through it. Make sure that you do come back for yourself, because the reality is, is life's not going to slow down and it's not going to stop. No one else is going to be like, oh, by the way, you know, your, your dad died two years ago. Did you take time to grieve? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no. besides Ben and I, or any right. funeral professional <laughs> out there that that asks those 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 interesting questions to people, yeah. most people aren't going to ask you that, right? You're absolutely it's, right. So, How are you doing right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so the thing is, is that you know you have to be the one that if you do, if you're one of those people that need to help everybody else get through something, make sure that you're spending the time at the end of that to to recoup your. Lost. right right empty your bottle out yeah you know so again as a funeral professional is it bad for you to hold your emotion just so that you can make sure everything goes smoothly and then let it all out great there's nothing wrong with that right right no i think i think i'm just bringing up i want i want to humanize that experience of that moment when you realize like there is two polarities there's there's your emotions that are pulling on you to want to go one way and then there's your professional that's like you got to go this way you got to you got to make sure this gets done and that's hard that's a that's a that's a very hard struggle and i i know i know now you know even more so why you know 60 percent of us or 70 percent of us in 10 years aren't doing this because that is a lot of stress and anxiety on you and that, that i want to kind of stay in the same process, but something a little different. Another thing I've noticed about taking care of family or close friends is it's easier to do certain things, but it's harder to do others. For instance, where where I'm getting at is you, you have this like internal expectations that you think they, they want from you. And then you want to give more, right? Because they're your friend they're, they're, or you want to think outside the box, but also, so there's extra, atten- I don't want to say attention because that's not true, but there's like this extra, like, I really want to do this. You feel like there's extra pressure put on you because yes. they know you. But yeah. And you know them. So you feel like I really want to give them, I want to give Larry the, 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 the funeral he. I know he would want when he talked to me, you know what I mean? So you have that, but then you also have like, am I doing enough? Am I, and then you're professional too. So you're like, I don't want to keep calling my friend because I don't want to seem weird as the funeral director calling my friend a bunch of times. But I also don't want to not call them and they'd be like, okay, he's just doing like, he, he's just taking the, and now he's back to like doing his other thing. So it's, it's like this weird, 
it's so weird because you really shouldn't take it any different from any other case, but you do because that's just the human nature, right? When you, when you, when you do something for somebody you love comparably to when you're doing something for somebody you don't know, you don't know them intimately. It, it is a different experience. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're literally explaining the same process of someone who just lost their loved one, right? I should have done more. Maybe I should have been there 100%. more. Maybe I should have, you know, maybe I always say, stop shooting all over yourself. Stop shooting. Because the reality, the, the reality is, is that again, you did what you had to do. You made sure that it got done. And now you're grieving. Let yourself allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to, to have space that you can decompress. And if you cannot get that, I highly advise you go seeking uh, some sort of therapy, whether that is a massage or something like that, just get it out, get it physically out. You need to. I'm going to, I'll flip this around on you a little bit. When you are dealing with um, a family or a close loved one's family during their grieving through the funeral process or, or whatnot on the outside, as a psychologist, do you find it's hard for you to do you want to go into your psychology head or do you want to stay in your um i'm the friend or i'm i'm the i'm the kid like how does that how does that work for you i, I think it's just like what you kind of were explaining is there's a switch right I, I think when i come to the to the funeral home if it's a um if it's a, a family friend or a relative um that i was close to i'm coming for my own grief now does that mean that if someone pulls me aside and says i'm really struggling how do i go through this Am I putting, you know, the, the therapist hat on real quick and being like, okay, uh, you know, let me, let me think about this. Okay. This is, this is what I would say or whatever. Absolutely. But, but I, but I think that there is this, you know, the minute that that's said and done, I'm back to, back to being me, you okay. know? Um, but, but is that therapist hat, do I take it with me? Absolutely. I mean, is it turning on and off? Like even, yeah, even in that switch, room that right? day? You know, it's hard as a therapist to see someone really um, emotionally distraught and, you know, want to help them. And, you know, they say this all the time, you know, especially in marriages, right? If you're you're a psychologist or therapist, like, do not therapize your partner. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very easy to do. I mean, shoot, I've been, I've been in school for way too darn long. It's almost like they brainwashed me to psychoanalyze everything. Right. Right, right. Absolutely. So the thing is, is that you got to be able to switch it on and off. But does that mean sometimes it gets stuck on the on position? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I, I want to. Clear... But you got to recognize that, right? Yeah. No. And I think that's what, if anything, I wanted to get across was that we as funeral professionals feel it. And I think sometimes that gets lost. Like, well, I think I think the the hardest part, and it's the thing that you know, me and you have discussed privately, is is that there's not a lot of places that funeral directors can go to talk to other funeral directors about this stuff. You know, most jobs you can talk to people about that aren't in that career, and they'll understand what you're talking about. When we're talking about death workers, unless you're dealing with death, it is really challenging to talk to to um, people outside of that work. And it's not because it's not because we don't want to talk about it as professionals. We just don't want to, again, we don't want to give that burden or we don't want to, um, psychologically hurt someone with what we're going through. So what do we do? We wait to see another death worker. But the problem is a lot of us don't have 
uh, a confidant that's close that we can say, hey, you know, even if it's just once a week, let's get together and have coffee and talk about this stuff and, and decompress because we need to. And then on top of that, you got to be careful because we're also, I'm guessing with your profession too, we're HIPAA based, right? So we got to be careful with confidentiality. And again, this is where I think talking about this stuff and and maybe exploring what can a what can a funeral professional, um, where can they go to talk about this stuff? Is there, um, you know, chat rooms for, you know, funeral directors talking to other funeral directors about, hey, you know, I just lost, a, you know, a baby at the funeral home. And it may not even be someone, you know, a baby that I know. It just that feeling of dread and um, uh, sadness and, and pure, you know, death anxiety coupled with the idea that most funeral professionals feel like they're isolated. That's that's crippling. No, abs- absolutely. Well, Doc, I think we need to hear some questions out there. Let's let's do a Q&A. How about that? Q&A, Q&A, everyone loves that Q&A. All right, Benny, here's a question. Am I grieving or ignoring my grief? My mom died this February. She was in perfect health and completely fine, then just collapsed and died. I had a few good cries with my dad by myself and with my boyfriend. I had to go back to college the day after her ceremony and started going back to work, doing my essays, going out with my friends as if it didn't happen. I smile a lot, laugh sometimes, feel okay quite often. I'm worried that I'm not grieving, but instead of ignoring it and that one day it will hit me right in the face, I also do things like light incense and talking to her, looking at, my, looking at the pretty sky and smiling at her. I don't know if I'm actually ignoring it, but why am I feeling okay if one of the people I most loved died so suddenly with no goodbyes or warning? I just can't figure out if I'm doing this right. You know, that's, that's so interesting um, and a great question. And I think Doc, Doc and I have talked about this. It's interesting that people struggle if they're grieving too much. They feel like, oh, am I being a burden to everybody? And if they're not grieving, they're, they, they worry if, they're, if they have a problem because they're not grieving. The, the honest opinion is you're going to grieve the way you're going to grieve. And just because you're in this possible state of acceptance, if we're going to go with the, the stages of grief here, doesn't mean that you might not go right back to something. It might take something in your life to get you back to um, a very hard grieving moment. It may be, it may never come. It may come twice. It may, it may never come. And I think that's the, 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 the biggest thing about grieving is there's no, there's no map to it. There's no pattern to it. I think you're doing, I think you're doing wonderful. I think the idea that you had a good, you had a good, a couple cries with your dad and then kind of went back to your life and you're okay with that. That's great. Um, I, I guess I would challenge you to, to not worry about it so much. Um, you're, you're, you're going out of your way to light incense and, and to keep talking to her. Maybe that's the reason why that you want, maybe that's the why reason why you're so content with, um, the death itself. It's not, it's not that you're not grieving your mom. It's just that you're, you're okay with moving on. Like that's just part of life. Um, and, and to be honest, I, I think you just talking about it is, is, is quite impressive to begin with. Um, but like I said, I, I, I don't think 
there's no roadmap. It's just because you're you're dealing okay right now doesn't mean you know you get done with college and you have a you know your your kid or you have a child and and wow now mom's death becomes very relevant to me, um, and that's beautiful too and that's okay. It's okay to go from this stage back to square one and it, it and life becomes very very unmanageable for a while. That's grief. It's you choose to love, you choose to hurt, and the more you love, the more you hurt. But that doesn't mean you have to cry or that doesn't have mean you have to be upset all the time. Your grief could be that you're living your life and then that, that's fine. And that's that's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong. I, I don't I don't I don't think you're ignoring your grief at all. I think if anything, you're approaching it. And that maybe is why you're you're being able to address it in such a smooth manner. Doc, what are your thoughts on that? I think that we as humans, we try to judge ourselves comparison to other people. Um, just because you're not crying doesn't mean that you're not grieving or you're not sad. I think that's the other thing. We also, you know, we may, we talk about Kubler-Ross's, right? Anger, right? That's a, that's a denial bargaining. But even in those, right? Um, everybody's going to show that physically different, right? Just, you know, we, we think about anger, right? There's a physical representation that people are, you know, uh, putting holes in walls. But then there's also the the internal way of doing that where they're beating the hell out of themselves, right? And saying that they're 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 the problem or their their shame and embarrassment and anger and all that stuff. Right. So the thing is is that just because you aren't phys- or outwardly crying doesn't mean that you're not sad. Right. We just all deal with it differently. And I also think that there is something called tears of joy, right? And I think that's, it sounds like kind of that's what you're going through. And again, there's no right or wrong. I think the beautiful part is that you're recognizing and you're thinking about your mother. And that's, I think, the the, the gouger schnauzer, the, the point that you need to be at. Good old gouger. Yeah. So thanks for that question. Thanks for listening to us. Um, this, was a, this was a good one. And if you're, I, we would like to hear from you if you're dealing with, um, the death of a close friend or the death of a family member, and maybe some of the dualities you're dealing with in your lives, um, please send us any of your thoughts, comments, just, hey, Doc, Nick, and Benny, you're killing it out there talking about all this death. Um, reach us at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. As always, you need to share us, send us out, especially for someone who may be dealing with um, uh, intense grief or just needs just needs a good laugh or a good thought. Send us out, please spread us around, like us, review us. Cause I mean, we're twins and we talk about death. That's, that's pretty baller. I don't know. That's pretty cool. Um, and if you're not talking about death, you're not living. <laughs>